the Wisconsin Badgers begin training camp. Begin, yes, even the uh, introductory period, RJ, when you sign in and say, uh, Tanner Mordecai, here. Braylon Allen, here. I'm going to say they do that on the bus. Ches Malusi, <laughs> here. Uh, Wisconsin's projected offense, Tanner Mordecai, Braylon Allen, Ches Malusi, Chimray, DK, CJ Williams, and Will Pauling, quarterback, running back, wide receivers, just breaking it down from a college football site. How much panache does that bring to the table, boys? we got to be feeling pretty freaking good about it. Will Pauling just goes right to wide receiver two? Uh, so speaking, speaking with our sports director, Zach Heilprin, about the receiver room and some of the stuff going on here, you know, since spring, he said Will Pauling was turning heads. And I get that, but I'm still like, I mean, and, there's other established guys who are here. Hey, this is just one of the projected offenses. And Will Pauling was looking like he might be one of the best slot guys on the team. Yeah, RJ, where's the respect? Ooh, slot. Okay. That where's makes, the respect? That makes more sense. Badgers really didn't have one. <laughs> well, when I read that name, well, this Haven't list had off one you, since our, our buddy Jack left. Tanner Mordecai, Braylon Allen, Ches Malusi, Chimray DK, CJ Williams, Will Pauling, and you got those other wide receivers waiting in the stable ready to go. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that smells some excitement. Well, just from chatting with Zach, it sounds like it's gonna be interesting to see how things shake out because one of the guys that it looks like has won a spot out wide is Chimray DK. I mean, makes no a lot of that. sense, no right? Brainer. Like the guy yeah. that has been here the longest, he as a true freshman in 2020 was basically the second wide receiver. And then it sounded like, according to Zach, that the two slot guys would probably be Will Pauling and Skylar Bell. Yeah. And then that final, you know, guy out wide would be up for interpretation. Would it be CJ Williams? Would it be, um, was it a lot of hype around CJ Williams? Yeah, Keontes Lewis, C.J. Williams, and uh, Green, the transfer from Oklahoma State. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of his first name right now. Not uh, A.J. Uh, Bryson. Bryson Green. Yep. So he said those three are all kind of in the mix for the second guy out wide for the starting spot, and it's going to be Chimray D.K., out wide, and then the two slots right now. Front runners are Bell and Pauling. He well, said then, Pauling's looked really, really good. Let's and, uh, go. I mean, like, hey, by the way, you still have Vinny Anthony out there that we saw some flashes from last year. Sorry to interrupt. Zach's going to join us at eight twenty. We'll continue on with this what? conversation with him as well. Uh, but yeah, this offense, boys. I mean, this is something that. Uh, okay, RJ, you've been around longer than we have. Sure. When's the last time you've been this? I think excitement is the right word about an offense for Wisconsin outside of the, the running backs you bring. Offense? Um, I already know the answer. When Russell Wilson came walking in the doors? Rowdy's shaking his head no. Okay. Is it after the Manning Academy with Hornybrook winning? Before. Do you remember the Fatal Four? Oh. What was that? Um Quintes, that was Quintez Cephas, Danny, Danny Davis, AJ Taylor, and Kendrick Pryor. The fatal four. That and was they one were, year previous, and they right? were all super young. Yeah, and they were all, and they all had, to, they were all basically forced into playing as relatively young players, and they all flashed. And Quintez Cephas was supposed to be the best out of all of them, and then obviously he, <laughs> he got hurt, Oops. and then the following year after that. There was the investigation, yeah. and then Danny Davis could never stay healthy. A.J. Taylor had some injury issues. Cephas came back. <laughs> Kendrick Pryor was, uh, you know, th- don't forget, that was when they were calling him the Fatal Four. 
they also added Eric Cruikshank yeah. uh, a year or two after that, which he was like the fifth receiver, even though he was pretty talented and basically he was relegated to punt and kick returns, and then he transfers to Rutgers. But, yes, I remember the fatal four. It's like, is this the most talent that the Badgers have had at receiver in, in 15 years or, you know, insert? I think, actually, I think uh, RJ and I remember talking about this. I think we were saying it was probably back uh, closer to when you were in college when they had, like, um, Jonathan Orr, Jonathan Orr and Brandon, Brandon Williams, White, uh, Brandon Williams, White. Yep, yeah. all, that crew. Luke um, Swan. I just this is a old article. Ted Gilmore is buying the hype. He's if Ted Gilmore is buying the hype, he's doing a great job of hiding it. The wide receivers coach, <laughs> the wide receivers coach Gilmore, cringed when he heard his top players, who we all just named, nicknamed themselves the Fatal Four, saying, "Quote: I don't mind the confidence, but I remind them that along with confidence still comes humility. Stay humble." <laughs> yeah, so I would say <laughs> Gilmore's like, rec- I don't know about this. the receiver room now probably is about as deep as it's ever been because you're you have a new offense where you need receivers, yeah. and clearly some of the people or some of the players across the country took notice and decided to transfer in. Plus, he uh, he as in Luke Fickle brought some of his guys from Cincinnati, and there were already some Wasn't decent there, receivers what, in the stable, like a redshirt freshman. Receiver uh, uh, Quincy Bur- Burroughs, yeah, who everybody was. But yeah, he brought over Pauling and Burroughs right. from Cincy. Yep. Uh, obviously, you had Green and C.J. Williams coming in from other bigger programs. Mm-hmm. You already had Skylar Bell, Chimray DK, uh, DK, and and some of the other guys and that were already on this roster. Tommy McIntosh, who we haven't seen yet, so or a lot from yet. But yeah, I would <laughs> say the last time there was hype around the receiver room like this was the quote unquote fatal four, and then I before that like they was... should have picked a different F. For an alliteration, because fatal is it's dead. The Fantastic or, Four are causing disaster. Well, yeah, they're causing disaster and, or, and sorry, decimating causing, their opponents. Not causing disaster, well, I would but say it leads to disaster. They're, they're a fatality to the opponents along the way. Finish the fatal four. Probably was a pretty decent name for it. I mean, look at how each one's career mm-hmm. panned mm-hmm. out. Uh, Cephas breaks his leg, then he goes under investigation and, and misses another whole year. Found innocent. Come comes back. Plays well, gets drafted, and then can't help has, gamble. Yeah, season-ending injury. Not gambling, if you know you're going to win. And then uh, potentially career-ending gambling issue. Yeah. <laughs> and then you look at what Danny Davis he could never break stay his healthy. Scored yeah. a touchdown for the Packers in preseason. Uh, just didn't know when to put yeah. his phone away. Um, you know, Moon landed as a photographer. Yeah, never could stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ Taylor unfortunately had some injuries, and then wasn't didn't he either? It was either his ACL or Achilles, and that pretty much ended his say, career. Because that was him. well, that was when he was supposed to be going to the draft, and he yeah. that was when he did all that stuff to his knee, and it was either knee or Achilles. But you never heard from him again. And then uh, Kendrick Pryor decided to play for like. Was it five, six years? <laughs> yeah. And then he was like on the practice squad with uh, an NFL team. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was the one that caught against Northwestern, right? No. Who was that? That was uh, Jazz PV. Oh, that's Jazz PV. Yes, you're right. Yes. Tis, 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 tis. I don't know. I was drunk that day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yes. And then the, before the Fatal Four, it was like we said, RJ. It was Jonathan Orr, Jonathan White. Brandon Williams, and they also had some pretty decent tight ends. So these boys coming in, right? What's the difference between the Fatal Four and these guys? You got a quarterback now that can sling the rock hardcore. And it's a different offense. Yeah, and you have a quote-unquote air raid offense. You also know that uh, 
Just as a quote unquote. I know, but like everybody says, it's it's going to be a spread. It's type, a quote it's unquote shotgun. Well, you know that you're going to have that, more sets with three and four yeah. wideouts, and maybe even five versus. Uh, like two split out wide because we're going to play power football and run the ball up the middle. Yeah, here's the reason I mean, why it's called the Fatal Four Two. Sifa said, "Quote: I just want to demolish the man standing across from me." Yeah, fatality. Finish him. What's a better nickname for a group? Fatal Four, or uh, when you had like uh, Vince Beagle and the boys call themselves the Chevy Boys? Yeah. <laughs> Probably fatal for because you're a Ford man, aren't you? I mean, heck yeah. No, Chevy, the Chevy boys didn't get even get to take advantage of the the NIL for the Chevy, but they still put the Chevy on their head. Yeah, they carved the Chevy in their head. Well, the Chevy Chevy boys' boys careers worked out a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, because they actually got paid. Yep. And what about um, what was the hat that they uh, got for NIL money? Grid factory. Yeah, the grid factory. That was a whole unit. As soon as as soon as that happened, though, no, that was before NIL. Yeah, well, no, then NAL came to be, and then they're right. like, well, you can't. Ah, what the yeah. hell happened? It was like, well, you can't. You're sell making money me. on that, so you can't wear it on the sidelines. Yeah, that's anymore. what it was. You couldn't wear it on the sidelines anymore because you're making money on yeah. it. Yeah. Which. So then it turned. Then it just kind of disappeared. I don't know. What do you do then? I'd wear it on the sideline and then have the Grit Factory proceeds pay for the fines. Yeah, why not? What are you going to do? How are you going to fine Take my that? hat off? Yeah. All right, take it. Then you're just going to have more attention to it. What you got to do is get that to be team issued. Yeah, Still Team Issue Grid Factory from Under yeah. Armour. But right now it's a uh, Barstool property. Mm, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, they, because then Barstool picked up on the Grit Factory, I think, thanks to Big Cat. Yeah. Because obviously being a Madison walk, alum. But I think you can, like, buy it. But, and yeah, not it was, have it was it something because. It was, Barstool yeah, but it was because of something with NIL since it was the early days. Yeah. They allowed barstool to buy it so mm-hmm. that they could get a cut because technically they couldn't officially it was like a weird technicality or, or was, it, was it what's his face was a barstool athlete um who it came was up with oh that? i think he signed because of that yeah so it was it was like weird technicalities where now they wouldn't have to do that is it still a thing yeah can you still buy grit factory ads yeah i'm pretty sure they're, the grit factory is a website vibes run high for wisconsin football boyos uh what do you think uh Yes. I saw some people making a case that Braylon Allen should have never been running back. Now, uh, talking about uh, the state of the running back situation in the NFL, that Braylon Allen, what was he, a DB coming in? Safety. Safety. That's but what he I also could DB. have been moved. They were say he was linebacker. like a. Yeah, he was a safety that was going to yeah. be potentially moved to linebacker because he Last was getting we, too big for the safety position. Last year, we found out he could be a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, God bless the Wildcat. <laughs> he threw a touchdown pass to Ches Malusi. That was. A thing of beauty. That was. And then a couple of plays later, Ches Malusi was like, hey, guys, I'm out again. He's like, all right, guys, I'm going to break something quick. <laughs> Peace. I feel bad for Ches Malusi, but yeah. good for him coming back, uh, getting it going. This offense, I don't know. Uh, are we getting too hyped about it? Like, can you be, you know, you hear about these things, uh, hype surrounding teams and like that are paper tigers, Let's yada, yada, say, yada. I'm pretty glad we have a month and hopefully one game against a on-paper inferior opponent before we go off to Pullman, Washington. Uh, are you, you're going out there, aren't you? I am. That's going to be pretty fun. Yeah. And there's going to be revenge on the brain. Correct. So, no, Buffalo right away, then you get to Washington State. And, um, is it, Rowdy, is there already future lines out for... Oh, you can pretty much find a line for every game yeah, in the uh, right baby. spot. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't Wisconsin favored in every game but the Ohio State game? Uh, potentially, they could be. But the potential to be so. Uh, I was just curious on the Washington State game. I don't know if uh, you remember at the, the top of your low. The well, they're the going to be favored against Washington State, and just because yeah. 
they play in the Big Ten. I think everyone in the in the country believes the Big Ten is bigger than the Pac or is better than the Pac twelve. Ten. Nine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Big Ten greater than Pac twelve. Yep. Uh you you have the fact that the Badgers current win total is eight and a half with juice on the over. Hammer the over. And juice? Washington State's was six and a half. Ooh. So Oh, Clearly, they, they they will probably be favored in Pullman, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was over a touchdown. Now, you go and look at that Washington State game that happened last year. Uh, that was that was the time where you're like, all right, we need to panic. We need to be concerned. We need to you know say, what the hell is going on here? And that didn't come to a head until the Illinois game. But that Washington State game at Camp Randall, that's when everyone's like, there was no energy on the sideline. I don't think Luke Fickle will let it get that uh, way because the energy is so like at a fever pitch right now. It's going to spill over to the season. They're going to be playing gangbusters. I don't think it's possible for there to be no energy because in theory, by the time you got to Washington State, you would have thought that you would have ironed some of the kinks out. You would have played a game already where you would you know, you're figuring it out. The offense is starting to get humming. There's no way anyone could be demoralized yeah, by week two. There's not, no, there's no way. You play Buffalo Wisconsin and you're going to minus 24 right now them. from what I'm seeing only against Buffalo. They don't show anything else. Yeah. They're going to stop the living hell out of Buffalo. And we thank them for coming into Camp Randall and the ability for us to tune them up, <laughs> get that offense humming before Washington state. I didn't say thank you. All right, Rowdy, eight and a half is the Wisconsin over under win total hammering the over on that thing. I would, I would, if I had to bet it, I would take the over eight and a half. I think nine and three is their, uh, is the season that I would be at least looking for. Not obviously because that's the over, but I think just in general, nine and three is is a pretty solid season and one that I expect. Where um, for your nine and three, where do you think those? I assume Ohio State's one of them, but where do you have those three losses coming? Yeah, Ohio State would be obviously the one. Yeah, but uh, you look at the schedule. I think a lot of people are making a big deal out of the Washington State game because it is a Power 5 school. It is the school that you lost to last year. Wisconsin ties it, with yeah, the coach. Exactly. It's all the stuff that was hyped up. But I, I really don't think they're going to have a ton of issues. Like, think about, think about that team that they played last year. The offensive line couldn't block anybody. The... Graham Mertz, Ugh, terrible. There wasn't a ton that went right in that game, and you still should have won. Yeah, like they, you real, you lost a close game, and you did almost nothing right. Yes, nothing. I I don't see how it it goes any worse, and and I know you're traveling there, and it, it can be a tough place to play, but I I just don't see that. I, Especially with this coaching staff, it's brand new. There's no way they're going to let them be unfocused. Yeah, there's and no way. They're going to remind them all the time what had happened. But, yeah, if I'm looking at potentially some places where maybe it's a tougher game for Wisconsin, I get why people are saying Washington State. I'm actually not under that belief. But when you look into their schedule, there's some games where you, you go, well, these are schools that can be pesky or thorns in the side. And some of those teams that I'm thinking of is right away when you pull into the schedule at Illinois. You now have Brett Bielema that uh, has kind of stuck it to you a little bit, and you know he would love to rub it in Wisconsin's face. Especially Jim Leonard on the staff. Jim Leonard, Aaron Henry. You can go right on down the line with old Wisconsin guys that have ties to the program. Maybe not as many insights as they would have if it was a Paul Chris-led team. 
But that game at Illinois could be a, a tough one, especially because it's right before it's the week before the Ohio State game, which if the Badgers are having a really good season, could that be a look ahead? On the road in Illinois, we've seen that be a look ahead before yeah. 2019. Unbelievable! Um, John, that was all on Jonathan Taylor. He fumbled it. I wouldn't pay him. But then, yeah, outside of <laughs> outside of that, you look at the the rest of their schedule at Minnesota. That could probably be a tough one. Uh, so yeah, there there would be my three games. Uh, and Iowa at home. You can never discount Iowa. They're always a pesky team. Those would be the four games. That I could see, and they would have to lose every single one of them for them not to get to nine wins. Yeah, RJ, mm-hmm. what about your troublesome spots on the schedule besides Ohio State? None. Hell yeah, Undefeated. only one. Oh, lost. not even a trouble spot for Ohio State. Let's you and, you and Bernstein <laughs> on the same wavelength. Let's go, baby. I'm, I'm pulling the. I'm I saw. Pulling, I'm pulling the Ebo this year. I saw some people saying Purdue. Like I'm, I'm nervous about Purdue. Well, I think if you just look, go right Purdue. down the schedule. Buffalo. It's Buffalo. And we're not talking the Bills. They're we're talking done. the Bulls. They're done. Uh, Washington State, not as big as a deal as... Uh, I I don't think it's as big of a deal as other people think. Georgia Southern should be another one they roll. <laughs> At Purdue, brand new coach. A lot of players transferred after Brom left. Yeah, a lot yeah. of guys were graduating, like their quarterback in general. Rutgers at home. Rutgers sucks. Then it's Iowa. <laughs> yeah, I said it. At Illinois, Ohio State, at Indiana. Indiana is not good. Yeah, Dude. they're not. The- Northwestern is an absolute mess. Yeah, that's a dumpster fire. Nebraska at home. Stinks. We'll see what Rule can do, but I'm going to say I, I'm I'm not this, expecting. This year, yeah, not much. I'm not expecting more than a six and six type team. Mm-hmm. And then and then Minnesota on the Mr. road. Mr. Elite himself. We got to see what the culture they is got, doing. They got down in November. Poise down there. That's their new word yeah. of the year. Poise up in the culture. So they keep listening to poison. All I have to say is PJ Flexworks. I'm going yeah. right through it. I got four games that I think could be tough. That's eight and four. If they lost every single one, we'll flip the coin and say they win half of them. Ten and two. Uh, go Rowdy. Ten and two. And then uh, Big just Ten. like how you're supposed to keep your hands on the wheel. Ten and ten two. and two, baby. Big Ten championship Not game. Two and ten. Michigan or Ohio State Big Ten championship game with Wisconsin. That's a good one because Ohio State is Ohio State. Always recruits the highest level of anybody in the Big Ten, and then right under them it's Michigan, and then under them it's Penn State. So you always are looking at those three teams. But Ohio State has to replace multiple offensive linemen. Yep. Uh receive multiple receivers here the last couple of years. And the quarterback, the quarterback, the most important position on the field. Mm. And mm. it's a guy that was in the Heisman race. Right. So it's not like he was just a decent or good quarterback. He was a arguably a top five quarterback in the country, and obviously he got drafted. Right away, he's one of the top few quarterbacks off the board. So they have a lot to replace, but we know they're always going to replace them with lots of talent that the the incoming recruiting classes are going to have. So it'll be interesting to see because Michigan's definitely more, um, I guess, senior laden with older players. But Ohio State's going to have a little bit more of the younger talent. And my biggest question is, Will anybody be able to cover Marvin Harrison Jr.? Will anybody be able to cover him? No. He's got Gucci cleats. I don't. I think when you got Gucci cleats, you're uncover, uncoverable. Yeah. Is that a word? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, why not? Or are they Louis cleats? Were they Gucci or Louis, Louis yeah, V? I'm forgetting. Whatever they were, they were yeah, a designer. They were. They were definitely a designer, I'll tell you that. But then he took them off. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> They're designer, RJ. You, you got to be careful with them, all right? It's like when you're wearing a brand new with Nikes, some Jordans or some Air Ones, and if you're going to drop down to one knee and propose, you got to take your shoes off first. You don't get the crease in them, you know? You gotta take, come on, RJ. They were Louis. Louis V? Louis V. Louis Vuitton, baby. Yep. And then he took them off. He wore those during the night game versus the Badgers. There's this insult to injury right there, isn't it? Brody, you heard of Rack City, right? Uh, yes. Rack City, Rack, Rack City. <laughs> Five, tens, twenties on your... Can't really say it, but... Rack City. Have you heard of Strap City? No. Would you like to know more? <laughs> One individual... <laughs> Sounds like a triple X website. It, it is not, actually. Now, a strap, that could be... I've heard of handguns, obviously, being called straps. You know, you stay strapped. Uh, there's also strap, like, like you're talking about, like some <laughs> X-rated sites. There's also a certain celebration that someone does for the Green Bay Packers when they do a big play, and they strap themselves in. That would be Jair Alexander, where he does the strap celebration. He, His words, he points up to the sky, to the planets and the aliens to pay his respects, and then he takes down a pretend seatbelt and straps himself in. That, well, that is what he said. If I could find the comments, I would. Hey, man, what you do is you, you look up to the sky and you point at the aliens, and then you, like, you know, man, you, like, you strap them in, and then like, you celebrate with your boys. God, it's not a bad Jair. Try, try, try your impersonation, Rowdy. You'd be so kind. Um, hold hey, man, on. hey man, you like you strap, you look out and put your hands and you strap your hand. Yeah, you see, I make that, <laughs> make that nice defensive play over there and go celebrate my boys and and look up at the sky at the aliens and the moons and, and strap in. It's just locked down. That's pretty good. The Green Bay Packers. Their quarterback group are going to be now referred to as Strap City. Here is Jair. <laughs> that was good, Rowdy. Here's Jair. It's going to be Strap City. You know? so we might as well go ahead and start marketing that right now. We just wait on 21 to get back. Strap City. Strap City. Who came up with that name? I think I just said it just now. <laughs> <laughs> There's Rob Reichel in the background just looking like dazed and confused. Like, what is this Saying? So there's Jair. We're going to be known as Strap City. You might as well go ahead and start marketing that right now. We're just waiting on number 21, Eric Stokes, to get back. Now I'm wondering what Joe Barry is thinking about Strap City. What are his thoughts? He's like, what the hell is Strap City? What does that mean? <laughs> strap City, Rowdy, Strap, Strap City, Rowdy. We're getting interceptions off every quarterback, Rowdy. I don't know. Gonna take that, Tyga. Strap City. There you go. That's the new name for the quarterbacks. It's gonna be Strap City. You know, so we might as well go ahead and start marketing that right now. We just wait on 21 to get back. Strap City. Strap City. Who came up with that name? I think I just said it just now. <laughs> you should see Rob Reichel's face in this video. He's like confused. He's like looking at you like, what? Huh? Well, what? So, <laughs> Robbie. Obviously, we know that that. Eric Stokes, lower <laughs> leg, ankle, whatever it ended up being injury. 
was a pretty nasty one yeah, because it, it took him out the rest of last season and he still isn't 100% and he's working to get back. But in general, he's right. We know that when Eric Stokes is back, him, Rasul Douglas, and Jerry Alexander, that's a really good group of three for the corner position. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that I saw that was extremely promising, but at the same time, just like a no-duh moment, was when Jair Alexander, um, this is a Ryan Wood tweet. Jair Alexander says the hashtag Packers past defensive coordinator Greg Williams has been stressing for him to play closer to the line of scrimmage. Quote, he's been helping me with my alignment because sometimes I have a tendency to play a little farther off. So he's just been trying to tighten up my leverage. Duh. No kidding. Like, you, okay. Stokes, Russell Douglas have all been press man up to the line, like making sure you get your hands on a guy or that you're up there close to him. You guys all, I, I've watched like every single games that you guys have ever played in a Packers uniform. That's, you all play better closer to the line. Yes. It wasn't until last year where somebody, <clears throat> Joe Barry. Joe Barry. Started having you guys play way off and play zone instead of man, and you guys got burned. And then it was like halfway through the season, it was like a novel concept. Where he was like, actually, we're going to play closer to the line, and we're going to play more man defense instead of zone, mm-hmm. because I think that could be the adjustment that might just make us better. You think? That's what you're doing every <laughs> time before, and it was way better. You think? It's like... Anyone that's ever watched these this man and these defensive backs play could have told them, get closer to the line of scrimmage, get closer to the receiver, play some more press man, play play more man coverage. Yes. This it's like it really took your passing game coordinator, Greg Williams, to tell you this. Common average Joe Blow could have told you that if they know one thing about anything. <laughs> Yeah, Jair was uh, meeting with the uh, the reporters yesterday, saying some things like, "Well, yeah, no doubt." He also said that uh, they were making too many excuses last year, Rowdy, for you know who they were. That you know we should have played a lot better, and we were making too many excuses for ourselves. Well, I don't know what you just said was. I don't know if it's an excuse or is just reality. Joe Barry having Jair Alexander play 10 yards off of Justin Jefferson? In what universe? Well, how many times do we see where it's like, okay, it's third and six? And the Packers defensive backs last season would be like 12 to 15 yards off the ball. And all the team would do is just throw like a little quick out or a quick pass and they'd pick up like eight. And it's like, that was like, you gave it to them. Yeah. Now let me read some of the, let me read some of the comments under this tweet. Please. (laughs) They're kind of funny. They always are. (laughs) Greg Williams is going to save this defense, isn't he? Is Greg Williams available for defensive coordinator? <laughs> Joe Barry will probably fire Greg Williams tomorrow for teaching them this. <laughs> Greg Williams out there acting like a teenager with the house to himself while mom and dad are out of town for the weekend. <laughs> Just having fun with it, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Here, I, I have comments from Jair. Yeah, I think this is the one you're referring to. Uh, Jair was asked, what was the dispute? on the defensive game plan between the DBs and Joe Barry. Take a listen. I mean, I think last year we was making a bunch of excuses for ourselves. And, you know, I mean, you know, Joe Barry can go out and and call whatever call he wants to. But at the end of the day, we got to execute that call. And I think we were making a lot of excuses for why we wasn't, you know, especially early on in the year. At this point, like, 
we are good enough on the, in the defense to like execute the call, you know. So it's not, I don't think at this point it's about the call; it's about how we execute, it, you know. So I think that's the biggest thing that that we've come together as a defense on. Okay, let's say you're lined up ten yards away from Justin Jefferson though, and he catches a little slant pass, like, and they needed four yards. So how is that? You're not making an excuse when Joe Barry's just an idiot. Yeah, here's but, another one. It's all on Joe. What's the saying you use all the time? Play to the strengths of your players. He completely ignores it. Uh, Greg Williams for DC? Question mark. Yeah. Um, like, remember um, who was the? Was it Jerry Gray, who was the secondary coach he was last the pump year? Pump up guy. Yeah. He was the guy that would fire up the defense. And now, obviously, I believe he took the D. Was it the DC job? But he got an. He took he, another job. Was yeah, it Falcons? It was with the Atlanta Falcons. He he got a better job in Atlanta. But that was the guy that fired him up and that peop- that some of the players named about being the guy that fired him up. Yeah. It wasn't even the D.C. Joe Barry. Now you have another guy that is the passing game coordinator for the defensive they, side of the football that say, said this. They say Joe Barry wasn't a, a in-your-face, you rah rah or pump you up guy. He, he would let his assistants do it, and he'd just kind of go meander around in the locker room. Well, uh, on this, Jair's also asked, you know, is he going to be traveling with the number one wide receiver? Is he going to be Some covering these tweets? Yeah, Wait, no more five plus yard cushions on third and one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then remember when Jair's like, I want to be covering the wide receiver all game. And Joe Barry's like, nah, no, 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 not happening. And then basically they would play zone. So then every time that uh, Justin Jefferson would cross their face, they'd have to pick yeah. up the other guy that was crossing. Yeah. Cause they, they kept getting burned on crossers always. And it was like, okay, well, you got to let him once he crosses your face, the other guy's got to pick him up. And it was like, oh, he's now he's catching it when we're trying to trade <laughs> trade tasks here. So and it, it's going, wait, Jair, game two. Let's just actually right. have you follow him. All right. We just shut him down. Jair Alexander was asked, will he be following the number one receiver around every game this season? Unlike he was doing last year because of Joe Barry. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, come on now. We all know I like to follow the best receiver. So, that I mean, anytime I get a chance to do that, I would love to do that. Okay, so he's saying anytime I get a chance, I would love to do that. The question is, will Joe Barry give him that chance? Uh, Jair also asked uh, when he's traveling with the number one receiver. Uh, here's more from it. I mean, when I'm traveling, like, my mind is on my receiver. I don't know what anybody else is doing, and I don't really don't care. Like, I know I got him, and that makes my job easier, and that should clear it up for everybody else. Well, I mean, it's pretty simple for Jair Alexander. I don't know why Joe Barry's got to muddy the waters with it. There's more from Jair, though. Uh, Don't you think it should be relatively simple to coach really good players? Yes, because they're really good. Yeah, they're really good. They know what they're doing, and you know what their strengths are. Mm -hmm. It's just like, how many times did you see Preston Smith or Zadarius Smith over the years drop into coverage and try and cover a, a running back out of the you know the flats or maybe cover a tight end. How many times did you see that? You'd see from time to time them dropping back. And you'd be wondering what, what the, the hell is going, going on? on? Yeah. Because What's going on out here? They're supposed to go get the pass rush. Or they're supposed to go get the passer. They're a rusher. Yeah. Like you don't take some of these guys and, and put them in certain positions where they'll fail, especially if they're good players and with how good the corners actually are, you don't need to play zone coverage. Well, Joe Barry, I don't know, Rowdy. He might disagree with you. Uh, here is uh, Jair, though. Well, I'll give you one on Jordan Love because, uh, you know, Jair's uh, had something to say about Jordan Love. Yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking, like, right. I'm looking at some of these great players across the league, and it's like, you know what? 
Aaron Donald might be an absolute beast on the interior line, but could you imagine if you get him in a two-point stance and let him come off the end as an edge rusher? Oh, my God. Why would you even think about trying that? He's a beast on the interior. Let him stay there. Don't, don't F with him. It's called churching it up. You're trying to do too many cooks in the kitchen. Because he's a mother effing P-I-M-P. Our sports director, Zach Heilprin. What up, Pimpin? Love the intro. Love yeah. the intro. Love it. No Cadillacs, no perms you can see, because he's a P-I-M-P. You don't drive a caddy. I know you don't have any perms. I That's... used to. Oh, really? Used the perm or the caddy? Yeah, which one? <laughs> or both? Never had a perm, never had a perm, uh, but had the caddy while I still had hair, so I could have <laughs> had the perm. What kind of caddy did you have? BTS. Oh, baby. Keep your pimp hand strong, Zach. Let's go. Mm. Hey, how was Big Ten Media Days, by the way? Big Ten Media Days was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of good times down held in, uh, in Indy, for sure. How for cringeworthy sure. was P.J. Fleck? Always cringe. Uh, always cringe. Poise. Is P.J. Fleck. Poise. Yeah. Their word of the I just, poise. I just, I just tweet out what he says, and people got all upset with me about tweeting out, he, you know, these allegations come up every year, and there's there uh people pedal them every year they don't mean anything there's no, there's nothing there i just tweeted out people got upset but okay i can understand where the comments i heard him i saw that i heard him saying that the, these allegations come out every year i don't remember there being like allegations every other year or did i just pass right by it I, it may it feels like there's allegations every year um well he is like a cult that, member he's like he's like haley's bob kind of like heaven's gate kind of leader-esque like he's very bizarre man it has it's zero surprise that that play has run like a cult. You can't have 20 acronyms and not think of that somehow trying to brainwash somebody into being the person that you want them to be. It is, it's brainwashing. That's straight up what it is. He makes them say, if they're asked how their day is going, he makes everyone say, I'm elite. Like that's. And guess what? I rode up an elevator with a staffer 2018, maybe. And someone asked him how he was doing it. And he said elite. And we just both looked at each other like, "What the hell is what?" Who are you interviewing? Who did you interview last year? Um, Tanner Morgan. Yeah, the first thing out of his mouth when you interviewed him on air, you asked him how he's doing. He goes, "I'm doing elite." Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I hate. I hate it. <laughs> and now poise is his word of the year, and they're listening to poison in the uh, the weight room. I know. I just and they didn't have a choice. Yeah, that seems like cult kind of activity to me, Zach. Me too. All right, Zach. Badgers, though, starting off camp today, UW-Platteville. Um, is, is, is season officially begun now, or is it we got to wait till you know week one for the season to officially begin? Like, what, in your eyes, um, the grind probably never stops for you. But when does the season begin? Is it today? Uh, today is media day for them, local media day in Madison. Then they head to Platteville. So tomorrow, I'm going to say the season starts tomorrow. Okay, okay. Um, but uh, camp... Camp is the start. Camp is the start because now it's just a run to September 2nd. Now it's like just everything smashed into a month, and it's go, go, go for them in trying to get ready. Now I think something that's benefiting them a little bit is that they got done with their summer workouts in early July. They got some time off, and then they do these little OTAs type things where it's, you know, where they're able to, you know, no full speed stuff, but like kind of get into the groove of, of football and Finally, tomorrow they actually get to do some full speed stuff. So nice. um, it's uh, it is. I mean, it's, it's a it's a small build up, it's a little build up, 
We'll get a little bit more tomorrow, and then obviously building to September 2nd. You ready to go to UW-Platteville? If you need any tips about Southwest Wisconsin, you ask your boy Ebo right here. I'll give you all the tips of Southwest Wisconsin. So when this this, uh, came out in, I think it was early June, I uh, I was like, it's it's like an hour and 25 minutes, hour and a half from my house to Platteville. Beautiful drive. Beautiful drive, by the way. It is. I, I agree. It's just maybe not something I want to do every day. And so I was looking to see if there was any place to stay down Platteville. There's no place to stay in Platteville. Like, it's, it just doesn't exist. So I was wondering if I – I mean, do you have any family still in Dodgeville? I that do. I could, uh, I do. I could, get a, I could get a room with. Is your, is your mom or your, no, mom's your dad? Mom, or, or? Mom's in Mount Hora, uh, but my brother, uh, he is in um, Dodgeville in the country. In the country. Okay. He might All have right. you feed the pig, maybe weed the garden a little bit, uh, get the eggs from the chickens, if you'd be so kind. Or – I was saying this, Zach, you seem like you are quite the camper. If you wouldn't, I mean, you can get a camp inside of Governor Dodge for pretty cheap on a weekday. Just pop up a tent, and you're good to go at Cox Hollow or even Twin Valley, whichever. Can I borrow a tent for you, from you? Because I feel like you've I got, do. like, spares. I do have a tent. I do. I just cleaned it out, actually, the other day. Uh, a lot of sand in it from the Wisconsin River. I have one better, actually, Zach, in Dodgeville. And, Rowdy, you'll like this. I know where he's going with this. Zach? You go Google the Don Q in and the fantasy rooms, and I'm telling you, you are staying in woo palatial paradise, palatial regalia. Paradise. Don't bring your black light. Yeah, don't don't bring any black lights. <laughs> it's like a Jackson Pollock painting in there if you do. But Zach, don't bring your don't don't bring your black light and don't bring your imagination. No, no, you bring your imagination to those fantasy rooms. No, don't want to bring the imagination because you'll think of some sick things uh, that have been done in that room. Oh, there's probably there are many different rooms where I assume sick things have been done, and I say sick in a good way. Um, mm. Like the mm. here's the Geisha Garden fantasy room. <laughs> the ooh, we could go Bond a Casino Royale, uh, Jungle Safari. Like the oh, Zach, here you go. The medieval room. Ooh, it's everything you think it is. I think Rihanna sang a song <laughs> about it because chains and whips excite me. A shaman. Oh boy. All right. Anyway, Zach. I'll get you, I'll book you a nice little room. I'll, I'll Paradise Cove, Sherwood Forest. How big are you into role playing as uh, Robin Hood? Little Robin Hood, little Robin Hood here. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's the room where you really measure the size of the bush. <laughs> oh, yeah. there's the the cave. You can be like Fred Flintstone or Tranquility Base Number One. You're on the landing. The I think you're moon. lucky, Zach. I think the place is out of business. No, 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 okay. no. She's still up. No, she's still going. She's still open for business. I'll book a room for you. I'll find the best fantasy room. All right, Zach. Uh, speaking of fantasies, now uh, Wisconsin and their schedule, we were going over it to today. Uh, we were talking about some wins, some losses, yada, yada, yada. But then I brought this up, and RJ was uh, had an eyebrow raise over Will Pauling being in the projected offense for the Wisconsin Badgers. And then Rowdy's like, oh, no, 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 no. Rowdy, what did you say about Will Pauling? Well, I said that Zach and I have had some conversations, and uh, he's a guy that they like in the slot, turn some heads. What do you think, Zach? In spring, I made the declaration. I think Will Pollen may lead them in receptions this year. Um, so I don't know if that'll end up being the case. We'll see how spring plays out or fall camp plays out. But we asked guys down uh, at media days, uh, specifically Mumajong Meta, and he he mentioned him because he has to. He, he sees him a lot in the middle of the field, and uh, he's an absolute problem to deal with. He's quick. He's fast. Catches it well, and uh, according to Muma, he's an uh, extremely hard worker too. So he's get, he's got all these things going for him. Uh, he he dealt with a little bit of an injury last year at, at Cincinnati. It's why he didn't play more, and, and maybe he uh, uh, w- would have a bigger name coming into this year. But I think he's going to be fantastic. They're again, I think they're loaded at 
wide receiver. They have so many different options, but Will Pollard in the slot is, is certainly a very intriguing guy. And I, I would, if I'm talking about Wisconsin's offense, he's definitely got to be uh, mentioned. Now, I know it's different because of who's coaching and the new system in. Uh, take out the hype of the running backs coming into a season. Uh, when was the last time Wisconsin's offense has been this, you know, hyped? Uh, 2018, probably, uh, when they had everybody coming back from the year before when they torched Miami in the Orange Bowl. You had Alex Hornibrick coming back off of a, of a really good year. They had Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor and A.J. Taylor and Jonathan Taylor. It was it was in the best offensive line in the country that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, it was it was going to be on. And, uh, and then Alex Hornibrook had to go have some wandering eyes for the wizard sleeve. Mm, the fatal four went down. Mm. Had to go to Pleasant Springs. Well, it wasn't the fatal four though, Nelly. It wasn't because uh, they didn't they didn't have Cephas because he got that was like the start of it, right? Like when Cephas got suspended, and then everything else kind of went horribly that year. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it did. Well, Zach, I mean, what are we thinking of this year? Did, I mean, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm saying this offense like they haven't actually done anything yet. I just I think the excitement around it is on 2018 level. Um, whether it actually lives up to that is, is obviously still to be determined. There's so much that goes into changing a scheme and and really overhauling uh, significantly a scheme, and that's what they're doing. Um, every time that Phil Longo's gone to a place and been the OC, the first year has been really really good. So I think you're hoping that that carries over to Wisconsin, but I'm not not sure until we actually see it. But I. I Cautiously optimistic, I think, would be the term I would use. Okay, so you're talking to you know Luke Fickle, uh, Big Ten Media is by the way, camp unbelievable with Fickle, and you can check it out on YouTube now as well. See that handsome bastard that is Zach Halpern. But Luke Fickle, how Woof. for you sitting there interviewing him, could you feel like the energy? Were you buying? Uh, now I know you're a reporter and you tried to be even keeled, but could you feel how people could buy into what Luke Fickle is selling for the Wisconsin Badgers as he was talking with you, Zach? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's obviously such a 180 compared to what fans have been listening to for the last seven years, right? Seven, eight years with, with Paul Chris is just completely different. Um, so I think that probably is in itself something that stands out. Uh, a head coach that's actually able to string together um, things that you actually want to hear about. So that, that stands out. He was about seven hours into it. And so I think he was probably getting a little run down by that time. But no, yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously extremely excited. I think he's done with the talking. I think he's extremely talked out. All he, I mean, it's pretty much all he's done this offseason, whether it's with boosters or with media or, you know, even just talking to the guys. He actually gets to play, you know, gets to coach football here <laughs> starting tomorrow. And I think that's probably what he's most excited about. He didn't want to wish away the summer, but his wife was like, just go. Just get out. Just, just go to just, camp. Just go. You're, you're essentially – you're essentially there already. Just go. Yeah. Um, man, I can't believe it. It's, it's August 1st today, and we're going to be getting into uh, football before you know it, man. Uh, hit the ground running. Zach, do you have a certain time? By the way, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Zach, if anyone wants to get a hold of uh, all your incredible the camps, um, tell them all the ways they can do it, because I, I know I alluded to the YouTube stuff, but I want you to say it yourself. Yeah, we've so we've we tried to expand a little bit, right? So we you can still find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. That that's not going to change, and really nothing with the podcast is going to change at all. Except if you want to watch it, if it's something that you actually want to see, and I again I'm not endorsing it, but we are doing it, and uh, you can find the show up on on uh, YouTube. Just uh, the Camp Podcast. 
uh, really easy to find. We'll be posting episodes up there. But it's not just going to be episodes. We're going to have uh, video from player interviews and also inter- um, practice highlights starting tomorrow. Um, we'll have those up there as well. So it's not just me and Jesse. It's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, really good um, looking, uh, I think, content around Wisconsin football coming up. Awesome. Uh, Zach, two questions before that you go. Uh, one's kind of a primer for my, uh, you know, when I say goodbye to you. Do you have a favorite, like, time in history? That you, like, do you like the Old West? Do you like, uh, yeah. you know, like maybe like the, the Amazon? Do you like some medieval stuff? So I'm, like, do you love, like love, moon landings? Yeah, love the, yeah love, love the Revolutionary War period. Okay. Love the Civil War period. Okay. Uh, the 1920s, 1950s. Okay. So I, I'm... I'm kind of versatile and all over the place in terms of American history. Okay, but did you, did you ever get down with, like, the Romans or anything? Did you ever get down with that kind of history stuff? I mean, I watched Rome on uh, HBO, uh, the series that they had. But it doesn't, yeah. so like... I, I, understand, I understand Romans, yes. I, 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 but it doesn't trigger, I, trigger like, like, you know, like what you just said before? It, yes, no, I mean, I, I, if I'm going to... If, if there's something out there, Roman-wise... That I enjoy, I'll listen to it. Okay, I'm just curious. I'm trying to book something for you. All right, Zach. Before I let you go, though, uh, trying to book something? <laughs> maybe if I could, if it, you know, if it, if it fits, uh, Zach. I did see you, and maybe it was Jesse Temple talking about uh, Braylon Allen, and you know, the state of the running backs right now. Uh, could you believe that it was Jonathan Taylor of all people to get uh, all the drama started? Uh, all these guys are having conference calls and Zoom meetings about how to get paid, and then it was of all people, Jim Irsay and Jonathan Taylor getting more drama filled in the NFL. Was that a surprise to you to see Jonathan Taylor get in the mix? It, it takes something to get Jonathan Taylor this upset because um, he was never like that at all. But I think I have this down now. So who is the person that pushed for Dan Snyder to get out of the NFL? Who is the person that, that, that it started it? It was Jim Irsay. Yeah. He was the first owner to come out and say we need to get out of it. And now I know why. Because he wanted to get Dan Snyder out, the worst owner in the NFL. He wanted to get the worst owner out of the, in the NFL out of there. So he could be that guy. He is now taking over as the worst owner in the NFL. <laughs> Publicly crapping on his own guys, and especially their best offensive player or their best skill position player, it's insane. And I understand that the running back market is down. But you didn't even, give him a, you didn't even offer him a contract. You haven't done anything. And you're sitting out here just crapping on the guy that's literally done nothing but uh, be good for your, your – uh, franchise it's just insane that that guy drug idle idiot <laughs> hey i bet you that suitcase or that briefcase or uh double baggie has pretty fun though come on you gotta admit that all right zach so braylon allen is it is it a bad thing for him to continue on to be a running back or should he have you know stay to safety i think i saw jesse temple talking about that i don't know if it was the camp or not but you're taking allen you know you know being a next running back in the nfl yeah so i I asked him last week, like if he had to do it over again, whether he would change positions. And because he was obviously a pretty highly rated safety, he probably is too big to play safety, so it would have been a linebacker. But he said no. He said absolutely not. And uh, I guess I love playing running back. And the money, he thinks, is not that much different between a running back and a safety or a running back and a linebacker. And you go and look at the NFL salaries, it is a lot different, especially if you're at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of being a running back. But um, I look at Braylon Allen and say, Running back is where he wants to play. Running back is his best spot, and it it's it turns out to be it turned out to be a really good move for him to to force his way to running back because he's been really good, and that's where his spot is in the NFL. But he said he wouldn't change. Unlike Melvin Gordon, who said he would probably be a cornerback instead. Yeah.
But Gordon, didn't Melvin say his kid will never be a running back? Be something else, too? All right, Zach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your certain niche in history, it's kind of tough. So I went ahead instead and booked you Caesar's Court number one <laughs> at the uh, Don Q. And it's an ancient Roman decor with marble whirlpool surrounded by columns and mirrors. I think there's even a mirror in the ceiling. Mm. There's a mirror in the ceiling, by the way. Uh, King-size bed hung with silk drapes. Oh, yeah. And this room hung. also features a mirror above the bed. Just be careful uh, when you're in uh, Caesar's court that you don't turn your back on anyone because they might stab it. All right? <laughs> stab the back? Oh, or backside. I'm not sure which. Depending on that room. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, buddy. Have fun. Uh, media day. That's not the badge about to send off to right. duty platform. You demand. Okay. See you, Zach. And have fun at Donkey Win. I remember someone saying, come August 1st, they're going to make a statement. And with that, before we hear a statement, now Milwaukee, lack of scoring came on a night when they had 10 hits. Now, 10 of those hits, three of them came from Christian Yelich. Uh, Yelly has been on a tear as of late, uh, doing pretty damn well for himself, uh, raising his batting average all the way to 290. Uh, some dingers galore. Now, with that, Rowdy, I remember a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month and some change ago, August 1st, we put a date on you saying whether or not Christian Yelich is back or not. Yeah, because I was getting sick of basically since 2020. I was getting sick of people watching Christian Yelich have a game or two or maybe a week and a half of, of playing decent baseball and then just falling off the table. Yeah. And everyone after you know a couple games of him playing well would be like, oh, Yelly's back, Yelly's back as they were hoping they would see the same guy from 2018 and 2019. Now, did, did it ever cross your mind that maybe a bunch of those people were being sarcastic and it was a joke? Um, or were you more of the lines of, I think these people are serious. I think a lot of them, especially early on, were serious. And you sit there, and it would be like a game or a week, and maybe you would get to two weeks, and then it would be like, well, Christian Yelich is now on a three-for-40 stretch <laughs> and a lot of strikeouts, and clearly... You know, 2020, it was only a two-month season, but clearly something was off. Now, the production was there, but the batting average fell off the table. 2021, 2022, just terrible seasons. So, overall, Christian Yelich, just in general, outside of the those two poor years, he's a guy that hits 280-plus. Regardless of the number of home runs and the blah, 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 he's a guy that should be hitting 280-plus. He's a guy that should be using, you know, some decent speed. Well, I said he's got to do it, and he's got to do it for more than a couple of weeks. He's got to do it for two or three months. And you said the date is August 1st. August 1st, because if you go back and you look at what Christian Yelich has done, April, in the month of April, and then we'll just say that one game in March, he hit 228. Now, the month of May, he raised that to 284. That's above that 280 average for Christian Yelich. The month of June, he hit 320. Mm. The month of July, he hit 333. Mm -mm, mm -mm, He has mm -mm. now, for three straight months, hit over 280. And that's the type of hitter that uh, Christian Yelich needs to be for the Milwaukee Brewers. He needs to be that 280, nice solid average, little bit of pop, little bit of speed, and okay defense. So can I play a certain sounder and you make an announcement? Sure. August 1st, 2023, the year of our Lord. We now go live to one Nelson Rowdy Razor Razorback. Nelly? 
Christian Yelich, as of August 1st, 2023, is officially back to the Christian Yelich that is respectable, that Milwaukee paid for, that Christian Yelich needs to be for this team. Yelich is back, my friends. He is officially back. We had to wait three months. We had to make sure. I, Rowdy had to make, I, I proclaimed him back a while ago, but yes, Christian Yelich, uh, for the Rowdy wait, he is back. Now my deepest, darkest fears would be he just goes disappears. into just a, a complete <laughs> tailspin starting today. Uh, J.A. Krebs kind of retorts. He goes, uh, Christian, Yelich, Christian Yelich is not back, but he's back to being a good player. Nowhere near his MVP year. Well, yeah, but that's oh, yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah, yes, Krebs, yes. Most players. But you'll take him right now, big time. Most players that aren't generational talents, and no offense to Christian Yelich, in my opinion, he's not a generational talent. He's no bookend for the Hall of Fame. That he could have been, but he kept on that. Tear. But he's a pretty darn good player, yeah. and he's a and he's a what you would hope for when he's playing well as an all star caliber player. He's back to being an all star caliber player, and he was robbed. He should have been in the all star game, and he should have been in the all star game out over Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Like that, no doubt about it. Look at their numbers. He was Christian Yelich for all the for all the poo I talked about him poo. and and negative remarks I had for him when he was really going through it. Poo. Three years later, no, he was robbed. He should have been in the all star game. Yep. Yelly back and it feels well. Here's the thing: he's he did his service last night. No one else with the Brewers really. Well, got that's it the other going. thing. It's like in twenty. Well, we'll throw twenty twenty out because that team without the eight team playoff, it never should have been in the playoffs. It was below five hundred. But twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty one, the year that they should have set the franchise record for most wins, but they coasted the last yep, they three or four the weeks of the towel. season. They came up one win short of tying the franchise record. Easily walked away with the Central. That team was winning in spite of Christian Yelich, who was just really going through it. Mm-hmm. 2022, same thing. That offense was even better than 2021. Now the pitching wasn't quite as good, but that was a team that was four games up on the Cardinals at the trade deadline when they traded Josh Hader. And we all know how that season ended and it wasn't good for the Milwaukee Brewers. I think today is the day in history when they traded Josh Hader last year. But like that's that's the thing with Christian Yelich is those two seasons, if Christian Yelich in 2021 and 2022 was the Christian Yelich of this season, not 2019, not 2018, but just this season, all-star caliber. Imagine where those teams would have been in 2021 and 2021. They might have been a World Series favorite if Christian Yelich was playing like he was now. In 2022, it would have been a team where you're like, okay, this team makes the postseason. If they get hot, you know, it's it's probably the Dodgers and maybe the Braves that are better than them, but they're at least the third best team in the NL, at least. And and at with Yelich, who knows, I'd have to go back and look exactly, but who knows where you would slot them in. But in 2021, that was a World Series favorite. If uh, That was the NL World Series favorite if the Brewers had this type of Christian Yelich. Because look at Rowdy Telez was playing really well. Uh, remember Willie Adamas when he was a really good hitter? Remember how good that pitching staff was? Remember how yeah, nasty that Boxberger to Williams to Hater was? Like yeah, that remember. team was freaking good. I remember. 
On this day in history, last year, my friends, uh, on this day, 2022, was when Josh Hader was traded. Uh, here's the difference, though, of this year and, and last year. The Brewers are up four games in the NL Central, and they sold. Uh, this year, they're buying, and they're down a game and a half at the trade deadline to the Cincinnati Reds. I think the one thing that I just will never understand is that team was up four games in 2022. The team is, we'll just say as of right now during the trade deadline, is back and forth, so roughly right around first place. They didn't add. They really didn't add in 2022. No, not at all. When you trade away Josh Hader... Come on. I'll never Stupid. understand why they didn't go in more last year, but now all of a sudden in 2023 when the team is flirting around with first place in the Central, not firmly in first place, but flirting with first place, going back and forth with the Reds, how they never went well, they, they wanted never more went bites of the apple the year before. When, when you think about it, though, Josh Hader was a guy that was under contract again for this year. They could have, in theory, signed him and traded him there. This winter, they could have traded them right now today if yeah. the team had fallen yeah, apart. Yes, apart. Yes. But most likely it would have happened in the winter. You didn't have to sell. And all the people that were saying, well, they couldn't have gotten all the prospects. that They probably would have gotten one less prospect. Okay. Well, okay. One less prospect in this trade, you still would have had to put Ruiz in there. You still would have had to you probably wouldn't be getting the lower level prospect. That was the real lottery. You probably would have got the rest of the guys in the trade. What would you rather have a prospect that potentially could be good? Probably is going to be nothing. Or I don't know a team that doesn't implode in on itself and hate their management because they sold away the best player. And I don't know, maybe make the playoffs and see what happens. And this is like, I get some, I see people online and I, you know, I hear people talking about how, Oh, well, I wanted a bat. I didn't want that bat. This guy, he's not very good. Or, uh, man, are we really going to give prospects away for insert this guy? Well, it's like, and we were talking about this earlier today. Mark Canna, yeah, he's struggled this year. It's not one of his best years. He's kind of fallen into a platoon. He still has a better batting average than a lot of the rest of the Brewers. Yeah, than most of and them. And it's an upgrade from most of the guys. And by the way, right field as of right now, where he'll probably primarily play, though he can play corner outfield, first base, has played a little third. Right field has statistically been the worst position for the Milwaukee Brewers. Not only the worst position for the Brewers, but the worst right field position OPS wise since the forties for any, <laughs> for any team that's ever 40s? played the forties. Yes. They, they statistically Damn, their dude. right field production is currently on pace to be one of the, uh, to be the worst specific right field position since the 1940s yeah, man says the 40s. For when it comes to production. That's so bad. That's so bad. That's not good at all. No, it's not the worst. Not the worst in the last couple of years since the '40s at hey, right field. At least it doesn't date back since when baseball started. Come on, glass half full. But yeah, like that's. But here's the thing: the Brewers are adding this year, and and I'm telling you, they should be adding. This is the last year in their window where they should be adding. Mm-hmm. So this winter is where you're going to sell off a lot of these pieces, most likely, because I don't think we see them extending Woodruff and Burns and. Adamus and all these guys, they're, 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 they're not going to do that. You'll be lucky if you get one or two. Yeah. Now 
They should be buying, and I think this year was they're doing it the exact way that I think they should be going about it. You gave away an international signing piece that was a decent guy, but he wasn't a top 30 prospect. He was coveted, but he wasn't that coveted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you picked up an upgrade defensively at first base, a left-handed bat that can play multiple positions, and he's got a little bit of pop. It wasn't like you sold the farm because you know you're building a farm system. You have a decent farm system right now. The next move they make, Mark Canna, you gave up your 30th prospect that was a Rule 5 caliber player Done. for next winter. Love it. Probably might not even have been on the roster next Why winter. Not? Someone might have selected him in the Rule 5 draft, and he wasn't a guy that you were going to protect because you have more important, potentially, Why not? Uh, Rule 5 draft guys that you need to protect. And he was a guy that had just reached AAA this season, and he was going to be turning 24, and he had gotten absolutely shelled in AAA. He wasn't worth protecting. It's basically a guy that might not even have been in your organization anyways yeah, Bruce, next winter. You got Mark hey. Canna. It's a rental. You He has an option for next it's year so if he does nice. get hot. It's so nice not to hear someone say we're taking many bites of the apple. Actually, Matt Arnold goes out there and does something. It's not like you got you got rid of the thirtieth prospect. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't you matter. Hardly, you've made two trades. We'll never hear from that guy again. With which both upgraded your team and made your team better. The day after you made the trade, made your team better than the day before, you and you hardly gave up anything, and you haven't traded any highly touted prospect Love or it. anyone coveted. Rumors. They still have, you, what, till 3 o'clock today to make some moves? Yeah, and that's exactly what you had to do last yeah. year. But you could have gave up a little bit more the year before, and I don't think anyone will ever understand it. Yep, on the same history, doomsday of Josh Hader. Now, Matt, I don't know, a little different. 